morning, everybody. 99 Jams. Happy Sunday. It's your girl, Super Cindy. Welcome to Community Matters. This morning, we're talking to veterans from Mission United, which is a branch of the United Way. Correct, guys? That's yes. It, yes. Okay, so I'm going to introduce everyone first. In the studio, we have Rashim Howell. He is a veteran and a case manager for Mission United. Good morning, Rashim. Hey, good morning. Also, I have Tomas Canela, who is a veteran, and he is currently seeking employment. So we want to get the word out, Tomas, that you are looking for a job and we're going to get you employed. Good morning, <laughs> and I, I love the way you said my name. Canela. <laughs> Tomas. Okay. And also we have Ryan Bancroft, who is an engagement manager for Mission United in Broward. Good yes. morning, Ryan. Good morning. Thank you. No worries. And Josh Decide. He's also a veteran who's recently transitioned from military life back to civilian life, which I know cannot be easy. But you're also an administrative coordinator for Mission United, right? Yes, ma'am, I am. Welcome to civilian life. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So we're going to talk. This is this should be very interesting. And first of all, um, I'm not sure who wants to take this question, but what is Mission United? So uh, Mission United, uh, in a nutshell, is that piece that helps veterans transition from military life to civilian life. Um, it's that, that place where, where you know, veterans feel safe, where they can get uh, services like employment, um, financial services, um, legal services, uh, just that, that assistance, assistance mechanism that helps them get back to civilian life. Because as a military veteran, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge, you know, mm-hmm. to— Go from the military, going gun ho and being deployed and having all the assets there and then coming to civilian life, it's it's scary. So we try to try to, you know, uh, help them feel not as afraid. Let me ask you something. When someone is in the military and I know they go to like the camps, like in different cities or whatever, not necessarily war, mm-hmm. are there there's obviously some that never go to war. Is that possible? Yes. yes. Yep. So when they are, what is it, no longer part of the military? Like, are you there for a specific amount of time or you could have a whole lifetime in the military? Like, do you come out of the... Yeah, so there, there's different uh, variations of uh, transitioning military members. There's folks who sign on, do their four years um, active duty, and they get out, honorably discharged. And then you have folks who might do a few terms or they might be lifetime uh, veterans uh, where, where they... They do a full um, 20 year, 20 year plus enlistment, and then they get out and they they transition into civilian life uh, as a senior ranking member of the military. Um, but when you're on base, um, you have certain resources. You have groups that are there to provide you any sort of support that you might need. You have the the camaraderie. You have um, all your you know the, the folks who you serve with who are there, and 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 most of them are are more than willing to assist you with any crisis, financial, family. Um, they become part of your family. That's what I was going to ask. So the mm-hmm. ones that are on the um, camp, what did you say? The, the base. Mm-hmm. Those aren't the ones going to Mission United. It's the ones that actually are on the front lines, go to war and all that, that go to Mission United? Well, we see veterans um, of all kinds. Okay. Um, you know, If you signed up to volunteer for our, our nation's uh, military, mm-hmm. um, we're going to try to take care of you and help you with your transition because the trainings that you go through 
are, are sometimes very difficult and they, they turn you into a different person in many ways. Mm -hmm. um, so again, transitioning whether you deployed to a wartime environment or not mm -hmm. is different for everybody and, and we understand that and we try to help people and meet them where they are and help them with whatever we can. Mm -hmm. um, I want you guys to go one by one. We're like, okay, um, I'll, talk, I'll start with you, Tomas. Were you sent to a war? Like what wars or where were you during your time? Uh, during my time, well, I, I did basic training mm -hmm. in South Carolina in mm -hmm. Fort Jackson. Okay. Afterwards, I was uh, part of a group. Uh, I was sent to the 50th Signal Battalion in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And immediately after training, I deployed straight to Camp Victory, Iraq. Uh, mm. For a year, from January 2009 to January 2010. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Mm -hmm. A little afterwards, uh, I came back to Fort Bragg, after, which is in North Carolina, as I previously stated. Mm -hmm. uh, I came back to North Carolina, and then I served the rest of my term. I, I left the military with a medical discharge due mm -hmm. to some injuries that I got while overseas. Mm -hmm. And the transition for me was a bit difficult because what what happens to most veterans which I think you 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 all can attest to is that the army provides you with a structure and guidance and they pretty much wipe everything you know and thought you knew about how to go about life mm -hmm. and they reprogram you mm -hmm. so that you can be not just what they call a warfighter but also so that you can be a functioning member of the military because the military it's a it's a it's more of a social structure, of a socialist structure where everyone has to support each other and it gives you a driving purpose. So the biggest issue for me when I was transitioning out was that I didn't have what I felt was a sense of purpose anymore. Like, and I didn't have a now? mission. Exactly. Mm. I didn't have a mission. I didn't have a sense of purpose. I didn't feel like my life at the moment had much fulfillment because... I was given something that was so great and so grand. I was protecting my country. I was representing my family and my my unit and my brothers the and sisters. The brotherhood, yeah. This is and true. now I didn't have that. Mm. And many of my friends were still in. Many of my friends were out. And I was on the fringe, kind of left to my own vices. And I, w I went back to people who cared but didn't really understand yeah. who I was anymore, what I was going through, what was I experiencing. Because you're no longer the same no. Tomas that left and, exactly. okay, bye, parents yeah. and family, I'll see you guys. Were, yeah, exactly. Like... So there were still parts of me there, but mm -hmm. there was so much more, not just from everything I learned and who I became from my service, but also the things I experienced. So, mm -hmm. you know, dealing with PTSD and depression and yeah. the list of injuries that I was um that I was dealing with and what I now had to do to pick myself up and rebound and go forward with life and where I was. It was totally different. So organizations like Mission United and United Way and oh, are so the, important. They, they're very important because they provide you with the place of people that are like you. Like mm -hmm. just earlier, Rashim and I were joking. I've met with him multiple times, but mm -hmm. I just found out that he and I went to the same unit in basic training in the, in South Carolina. Wow. And I was just showing him pictures of of the the bay that he used to stay in that oh, I'd stayed in. And didn't so, know. So it's it's that type of relationship that mm -hmm. you build outside that you can you can find brotherhood with people and, they and relate. understand. Yes. And they understand. Exactly. And what about you, um, Josh? Where were you? I was actually stationed uh, in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, pretty much my time there, um, it was pretty difficult. I worked in a non-deployable unit. Um, one of my biggest factors there was just the fact that I was there to kick people out of the Marine Corps, just who were there for unsatisfactory reasons. So, you know. Oh, that's where you, that's where you were. Yes, ma'am. So mm -hmm. it it was a very difficult transition for me because you know I I was the one who gave the hammer. So mm -hmm. 
now coming out and having completely nothing and especially working for an organization now where I can give back and actually do more support. So it's very positive um, and uplifting for me. So you can relate to Tomas when he said when he came back to civilian life that he really had no mission. Like you come back, what's my mission now? Like you were respected. People listen to you, even I guess feared you like, oh God, here he comes. Exactly. And then now you're out into civilian world and you're like, okay. That's that's exactly what, what it, it is. is. And and some of those barriers, you know, many people don't realize your mindset is just not what it is. I mean, I'm 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 always in a mindset where I have to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Something's just you know, I, I don't just sit there and, and do something there, there has to be a purpose. Mm-hmm. So coming back and, you know, you, you see even just your normal friends, you know, back in the day, and they're just sitting there going to school and, and not really trying <laughs> to progress in life yeah. and stuff like So it, it does affect you. Um, and, you know, I'm just a person who just wants to progress and, and, and always stay motivated and keep doing things. So, so and. And I love the fact that you're currently um, in working for Mission United. We'll get more into that. But And what about you, Ryan? You are an engagement manager for Mission United, yes, but what was yes. your military life? Like, what, what was your story? Very different than what I'm doing now, but I think that's the story for many of us. Um, we, we find our strengths and weaknesses in some of the things that we did in the service. I spent five years in the United States Marine Corps. Um, I was two trained in South Carolina, Paris Island. Um, beyond that, I, I joined the fleet as an expeditionary airfield uh, and aircraft recovery um, person. And uh, my time uh, in the Marine Corps, I did uh, two deployments. Um, one was on a MEW, Marine Expeditionary Unit. And I went to about six to seven different countries in the Mediterranean and the um, uh, Middle East. Mm-hmm. And then I also deployed to Iraq. And last but definitely not least, Rasheem, what is your your story of your military life? So I joined the Army straight out of high school. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually was trying to dodge it, but I was like, you know, I need to get away from home. So I joined in 98, went to Fort Jackson. Um, didn't know what I was getting myself into. Uh, I know, because you're trying to get away from <laughs> yeah, home, get so away. Gotta, and then you go into that. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, oh, my God, what did I do? Can I go back home? <laughs> <laughs> you know, why are they yelling at me, you know? But, uh, it, but um, and you're I like, a, I left my house so I don't get yelled at. <laughs> yeah. what, what are you yelling at me now for? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so I ended up uh, going to uh, Fort Campbell, uh, home of the 101st Airborne Division, Best division in the whole wide world, by the way. Um, I was I joined as an AC technician. Now the the idea when you join, you know, you expect to do your job. Um, but I didn't fix one air conditioner at any time while I was in the army. Um, and, and the army they they set you up that way, you know. So my whole time, but the majority of the time was basically working in the motor pool, working on Humvees and five K generators and ten K generators. Then one of my one of my sergeants was like, oh, you look like you can do some pretty good admin work. So he put me in S3 where I do admin work, and then I ended up in the training room. Um, so then I ended up, you know, just, just doing a plethora of things. And then uh, deployed to Iraq in 2003. And I remember uh, when we got there, uh, we were supposed to be there for six months. And uh, we started seeing them bring in some, uh, some beds and, you know, all kind of equipment. And, and then I remember my first sergeant commander said, they all got us a huddle. And they're like, hey, guys, uh, get, you know. Get settled in. We're going to be here for another year. And everybody's hearts just dropped. And uh, Oh, like when it, the time went out, they said they were going to be there They extended longer. it for another six they, months. They call it a stop loss. Yeah. And eventually laws are passed to prevent that. But like what he was saying, at that time when he deployed, you can go for six months and then they'll extend you for another 12. Mm-hmm. People oh were there for God. at least 18 months. Yeah. And it's straight. Yeah. And I was, my unit was also 
uh, threatened with a stop loss at the time, and we had we were spending a straight year, and they were talking about sending us for another six months to Afghanistan straight up. Mm-hmm. But so when that happens, because when you're in the military, oh. you're supposed to be manly, you're not supposed to cry, oh, dude. No. You guys go in the shower and just ball cry. You pass no showers. No, the showers. No, but you pass that stage. You really start thinking. You're numb. You're like because because you can look to to several hundred people to your left and right who know exactly how they feel about spending yeah. another six months after spending a year in the desert yeah. to be sent to Afghanistan after spending a year in Iraq to, for another six months. Yeah. I know the 200 people around me that if someone were to throw a chair, it was on. It was going like, down. Like, yeah. You pop off. <laughs> but oh uh, essentially, there's, there's, there's not so much control you can have yeah. over things yeah. like that. You just... Um, just gotta follow orders. Roll with the punches. It's kind of it's it's shared contempt, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's what really bonds you, you know. Because yeah. you all day, relate. Everyone's like, you can't believe this is happening, but mm-hmm. you can also believe it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you're sharing each other's pain, and and again, that's what brings you. That makes yeah. you part of that family. Yeah. It brings yeah. you closer together. Yeah, especially because. Um, I went to training with several people that I eventually joined my unit with and deployed with immediately. Mm-hmm. So I, I graduated training December 17th. January 18th, I was on a plane to Kuwait. Wow. And with people that I barely knew within training, suddenly were, one was my bunkmate, and all the people that I did know were sent on a separate mission to Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So my my relationship with my one bunkmate became golden and he and I are like brothers now I actually became legal guardian of his kid like we, we you only have your friends to your left and right mm-hmm. when you're out there yeah. and mm-hmm. on the grander scale yes you have this mission but on the most direct scale one thing I was told by my one of my sergeants was remember this is a peacekeeping mission but essentially what you want to do is make sure that your friends your 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 battle buddies to your left and right mm-hmm. can go home to their families yeah. and make sure you protect each other and this is what we're here for we're here to help people and we're here to protect each other mm-hmm. because we all want to go home exactly. and that never ever ever changed and you just really build a certain type of connection with someone mm-hmm. on a, a level that you never expected to encounter in life yeah. and that's so, really what the military does see, and it still hasn't changed and that's why mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. we're all here today yeah um we we still have that that mentality where we we're, we got to serve our our buddies to our left and our right even though i've never met these these two gentlemen mm-hmm. you know I, I would do anything i could to make sure that they were in a, a good place mm-hmm. um, and that's basically what mission united is yeah that's right that's, that's let me ask right. you something because you guys spoke about you know transitioning from military back to civilian life when you come back your family really wants to just be there for you be supportive mm-hmm. But sometimes I'm sure there's no way that they can understand. Does Mission United help Mm -hmm. the families as well and not just the... Like, are there programs like to maybe speak to a spouse or is, is there like support system like that? Or do they go from the, from the actual person in the military and then like, how does it, when you, when you're on active duty, there's mm-hmm. some support mechanisms in place mm-hmm. for families and family therapies. Um, you know, you, you, you go through a, a series of programs when you get back to kind of decompress um, and to reintegrate into even normal army life or, mm-hmm. or Marine Corps life. Um, because being deployed is a lot different. Uh, the tempo is a lot different than when you're 
uh, in the States. So when you come back from a deployment, you're oftentimes, you have to go through multiple classes. I'm talking even people who have children, their kids look at them like they don't know them. Mm-hmm. And that's difficult not only for the service member, but for the, for, the, for the spouses and also the children because they haven't seen this person in, and they mentioned almost a year and a half. Yeah. So they grew up without knowing that yeah. that's their, their, their mother or father. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's some programs in place when you're on active duty, but when you get out, those programs um, are often difficult to find. Mm-hmm. And you know, part of what we do um, and part of what our case managers do is identify programs that can help um, those veterans find those services. Uh, there's a few out there, and we've partnered with a few behavioral health organizations. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Miami-Dade has as well. Um, but we're always looking for partners in the community that can help us provide that support to our military folks who have lost it because they're no longer on active duty. Mm-hmm. Like Mission United, like right now you guys are helping Tomas um, look for employment. But um, do like people with businesses and stores, like you're also looking for those type of people who can employ veterans. So I'm going to give the numbers out really quick. Um, if you're interested in, you know, if you're a, an empl- if you have a business or something and you want to hire people, you can call 305-4-UNITED in Dade or 954-4, the number 4, UNITED in Broward. And it's also for veterans looking for assistance. I read here in the notes that you guys also, your mission is to avoid homelessness mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. veterans. Absolutely. What is that like? Like you're you're becoming a civilian again, transitioning, and now you're to the point that you're homeless. Mm-hmm. Like, how yes. does something like that happen? Well, the, one uh, of the things that we, that I've noticed, I'm I'm new to Miami. I'm I'm from Clarksville, Tennessee, and I remember moving down here, and I didn't realize how expensive it is to live here in South Florida. Oh yeah, it is. It is a two-income household at the end yeah. of the day. And so, you know, trying to find a house and just think about it, you know, as veterans, you know, when you're in the military, like you think about coming to Florida, you know, sunny beaches, you know, just hanging out in the sand. Right. But then reality hits you when you get out. OK, I have, I have to make sure I have enough money to pay for a mortgage. The cost of living cost and what living. they pay is not exactly. equal by no means. And so, you know, that reality hits where like, you know, I don't have enough money to support myself, yeah. even for my family. And so we know how the, the how uh, real estate is down here, especially when it rental for a one bedroom home for re- one bedroom costs you fifteen hundred, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And right. some of these guys, especially the loan listed, when they get out, they don't have they don't have the degrees. Um, they may have that skill set, but it's a challenge for them to get employment. So now they're struggling employment. So now they got to figure out how I'm gonna lay my head. So they end up being on on the home, uh, mm-hmm. being being homeless on the streets. And so that's where Miss United comes in, where we partner with organizations, uh, the Homeless Trust, uh, Camilla's House. Um, in Miami Dade, and of course we have those up in Broward as well, because we we don't want to see our brothers on the street, you know, and and be on the street is is a, is a, ch- and a scary huh. thing. And then you're know? already going through post traumatic situations. Exactly. And Josh, you are from the Broward Division of Mission United. So what are your views on veterans becoming homeless? Well, first and foremost, many people don't realize this, but when you're actually in the military, you have a set income, mm-hmm. you have housing, mm-hmm. you have guaranteed food and water Mm -hmm. so when you come back from the military you don't have that stability anymore and Mm -hmm. remember some of these kids are coming out of high school you know just getting into it and have never seen income like that so they've never been prepared for the realities of just the civilian life 
um, in terms of, well, I have to worry about food, um, housing, and things like that. So they were never prepared. So Mission United um, focuses on those uh, key pillars um, in which we help with housing support, you know, as well as employment, you know, even legal services. So um, as far as 2000, October 2013, uh, Mission United has supported over 2,500 veter- uh, veteran households. Can I just... Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Round of applause. So, so to elaborate a little bit about on what mm-hmm. Josh said there, mm-hmm. um, our United Way in Broward County is fortunate to have what they call the SSVF program, the Supportive Services for Veteran Families program, mm-hmm. which is a grant funded by the VA. Mm-hmm. And as Josh mentioned, since 2013, we've been able to house over 2,500 families mm-hmm. um, through that program. Now, Miami-Dade doesn't have that, which is why they partner with some other folks, mm-hmm. um, but they're still doing great work in Miami-Dade and, and across across counties we're trying to coordinate, and, and we're now in 22 different United Ways in the country. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying That's to grow amazing. our program to help veterans yeah. everywhere. I think, you know, what's so sad is that you, as a, as a military person, and you become a veteran when you are no longer in the military, Mm -hmm. basically how the world forgets you. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like everything you sacrifice is just brushed under a rug and forgotten, but that's still your life, the Mm -hmm. years that you missed out being deployed somewhere or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then to be forgotten to the point that you're you're homeless, Mm -hmm. that that's like heartbreaking. So to because when when I first moved to Florida, I was actually homeless for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um I, I was unemployed, and so to to marry the, what the previous topic that mm-hmm. Ryan spoke about regarding mm-hmm. transitioning back, and mm-hmm. also what we're just talking about now mm-hmm. in terms of homelessness, um, one thing that happens to a lot of veterans, and you you gentlemen can chime in and tell me if I'm right or wrong, is uh, when you're transitioning out, they the the military does try to offer a lot of services and try to encourage you to sign up to learn this skill, sign up to learn that skill because they're aware that not all the things that you learn and do will translate over. For instance, learning to be an AC mechanic, but when he was in, he did he everything did. but. <laughs> it's a common thing, and you, you had it better than people in my unit that were AC repair because my unit was, you didn't want to <laughs> You were sent out to work on cables in the sun, in the desert. Uh, Anyway, so what happens is as you're getting out, you think you have a plan, and a lot of people do have plans. I had a plan as well, Mm -hmm. and I I set out several goals that I knew, and I was like, I'm I'm ambitious. I'm also a college graduate, Mm -hmm. so I have two degrees. That was before the military. So as I'm getting out, I'm like, all right, I'm a college graduate. I have these two degrees. I'm also ex-military. I have these skills. And then you start seeing that no matter how many times that you worked your resume— all of the skills that you learned and all the skills that you feel you have and that you've done and all your experience, they get pigeonholed. So in my experience, I was a satellite communications technician mm-hmm. and I did a lot of I did a lot of things, including managing major communications across all of Southwest Asia. Mm-hmm. However, on paper, because of my skill set, the most that I would get looked at was from a a um, say like Comcast to go and install cable boxes at a mm-hmm. home. That's where I would be pigeonholed. No matter what else I would put, this is where I was, this is where I was going. And you run into a situation where you don't have any type of fulfillment, as we were talking earlier, because you're not being offered careers and a path. You're being offered jobs, jobs. and more menial Part small time. things. Yes, exactly. And, and things that don't you don't feel like you're involved, like your role isn't important, and like it doesn't matter. So eventually things start to crumble personally, also because of everything else that you're battling internally. So you start thinking, I'm fine, I don't need this, I'm fine, I don't need this. And then 
then you're trying to navigate all the services you do in fact need and the and then you're you're being confronted with things that you didn't know you had to deal with mm-hmm. and you didn't have to as Josh was saying earlier <clears throat> excuse excuse me searching for a home uh, managing your money better which again the army mm-hmm. and the military they do try to help mm-hmm. but when you're facing it it's very different yeah. especially when you're in that mentality of I'm fine I can do this I'm fine I can do this yeah. I have someone I know that when they were getting out they they developed diabetes and they didn't want to be treated for it at the VA because they were like that could go to someone else who needs it and I was like you have that di- you just you, contract- you just developed diabetes you, you need it mm-hmm. but they refuse they have the mentality where I'll be okay mm-hmm. I don't need this and then all of a sudden and you find yourself in a situation where housing is an issue. When I moved out here and I was uh, trying to find employment, I was homeless for a while. I was thankful I was able to stay with family. But when I went to get services, I had to, I signed up at the VA. And what eventually happened was my name for me signing up was put on a waiting list mm-hmm. for four months to be put on another waiting list yeah. for four, for another five to six months for potential housing. So I was going from one waiting list to another waiting list the entire time I was homeless. And I was like, what am I supposed to do for 11 months? I was like, well, and at the time I moved down here with with my girlfriend who uh, we, we eventually got engaged. But at the time we, we came down as a couple and I was and they told me pretty much she's going to have to go into a women's shelter and you're going to have to go That's this crazy. way. And I was like, well, what are my options? She was like, well, well, the only way we can help you is if you were living on the street homeless for a year. Right. Yeah. And if and, 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 and then the woman confided in me and she was like, and we've run into an issue where um, we get these veterans who have been living on the street for a year and they have a hard time transitioning into mo- handling having an apartment. So my wait, question to her Wait, Tomas, wait. I want you to hold off right there. We're going to pay some bills really quick and we'll be right back. But hold off where you were saying what okay. the lady said. We're going to continue okay. right back. Your girl, Super Cindy, Community Matters.